Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where every conversation is about what movie or TV show you've just seen, this is Never Seen It. Comedians rewriting famous movies and TV shows they've never seen. Hey everybody, this is Never Seen It. I'm your host, Kyle Ayers. This is the podcast where comedians rewrite... Yeah, that works, right? where comedians rewrite famous movies they've never seen before, and we read their scripts. Today, having never seen Avatar, the incredibly funny Jesse Joyce is here. Jesse is just, this is just such a, this is an all-timer script for me. It has depth. It, it, he has never seen Avatar. He has never seen Avatar The Way of Water, but he has written for the Oscars and thus had to write jokes about Avatar. So he's kind of already played in this world before, making fun of a thing he's never seen based on what he figures probably happens. Uh, Jesse is so funny. John Ozelay joins us once again. Also hilarious. Uh, If you like Jesse and you're going to, check out his new book, Killing the Guys Who Killed the Guy Who Killed Lincoln, a nutty story about Edwin Booth and Boston Corbett. We talk about it at the end a little bit. It's wild. And this is just, if you're into like American history and Lincoln and things like this, you're going to want to check this out. You can actually uh, read the book digitally on Scribd, uh, S-C-R-I-B-D. Think of it, Jesse says, like uh, a little bit like Netflix with books. And you can get a 60-day free trial to Scribd. Or, so you can basically check out Jesse's book for free on there. I'll put a link in the description of this. Or go find him, Jesse Joyce one on Instagram. Uh, his book is... Uh, I'm excited to check it out. It sounds so cool. We talk about it some here at the end. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. I want to... Say thank you to everyone who came out to Hard to Say in Los Angeles last week. That was very fun, a good time at the Elysian Theater, and just a really, you know, nice show. So thank you to everyone who came out. Uh, Thank you so much once again to Jesse for being on here. Go check out his book, Killing the Guys Who Killed the Guys Who Killed Lincoln, a nutty story about Edwin Booth and Boston Corbett. Uh, Go find him, Jesse Joyce One, on Instagram. Thank you very much. Enjoy the episode. All right. Well, you can do it actually just on, you can do it even while we're talking, like yeah. on air. Okay. Great. Um, hey, we're here with Jesse Joyce. This has never seen it. I'm your host, Kyle Ayers. This is the podcast where comedians have never seen this. That was not good. Yeah. <laughs> this is a podcast where comedians <laughs> rewrite famous movies they've never seen before, and we read their scripts. Today, Jesse Joyce joining us has never seen Avatar. That's right. <gasps> Either of them. Either. Neither. 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 Navatar 
lore, <laughs> nor. Um, you've never seen, you know, we just did Titanic. Now we're doing Avatar. We've okay. got a real Cameron-esque, uh, Cameron-esque Gazito is what I'm calling it. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. no, we, we've done these, but, uh, uh, this is Avatar, the one with the blue aliens, not Avatar way of the airbender thing that M. Night Shyamalan I made into a movie. I think they're, it's both. <laughs> it's both. Like it's, it might as well <laughs> that would be, be a both great to me. You know I mean? I've never seen, uh, Avatar, Avatar. Yeah. So I don't know the difference. I, I just... Whatever. I yeah. it just passed me by and I didn't give a shit. It, and there's <laughs> subtitles also was, made like like there's air, last airbender and then way of the water. It sounds like they're doing elemental bullshit. It yeah. really does. It'll be like a- Avatar through the Earth's edge. <laughs> yeah. Uh so you haven't like, uh, we're also joined by John Ozelay, who I just gonna assume has seen one of the Avatar movies. I, I've um, seen both. Ooh. Mm. Okay. Have you seen them? Okay. First one. Okay. I never got around to the second one. Yeah. I mean, everyone's probably seen the first one through all the movies it's ripped off from. Mm. Sure. Sure. You know, I don't want to. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Field of Dreams. (laughs) That's one of my core problems with it, with the avatars, is that they've been seen probably collectively by half the earth, three billion people over the, you know, whatever. Yeah, Yeah. Everybody saw these fucking movies. No one has ever quoted a single line to me. Like there are no, there is zero quotable lines from Avatar. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It really There's is no one like, of the largest, I would say, cultural successes, like as far as numbers wise, yeah. to have no sticking power. None. Like there's no, like I've never seen anybody parody it. Like I've never it's seen. It's like all of Avatar was game, season six of Game of Thrones where <laughs> like, we're just like, yeah, we all watched it. The, I know, there's no cultural like touchstone reference. Like, you know, mm-hmm. even the, like Armageddon, if you didn't see that, you know that there's an Aerosmith song attached to it. Yeah. Everybody's heard that. Or like, and right. it's like, it's like there's fun Aguilera to be had. never sang about the Avatars or whatever the fuck they are. Like, you know what I mean? There's nothing... Tight. Like, the, it, wasn't that Moulin Rouge? Was that for Avatar? <laughs> yeah. It just, <laughs> voulez-vous coucher? Why are you blue? Yeah. <laughs> it was just people just would talk about how neat the flying in your face special effects are. Like, yeah, it was pretty which, neat. But it seems like there's no <laughs> script. Like, there's nothing. Yeah. Nah, there's is there no a story to hook onto? It's almost a Universal Studios ride, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That's what somebody described it to me, actually, is like it did, did feel more like an amusement park ride to them. So, but. But anyway, but yeah, it was made like I, I, but I was able to pull, like I wrote for the Oscars this past year and never saw it and was able to. And it was at them. But that was the point. Yeah. You could like cobble (laughs) jokes about it without having fucking seen it because it doesn't matter because like you don't, nobody doesn't, nobody doesn't matter if you've seen it or not, you know? You're lucky they gave you a job instead of AI doing all the special effects for the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, just, well, they're coming for sure your Oscars jobs too. You know. Jesse. Oh man, I want. I might have to one when we take a break. Have ChatGPT write me some jokes about Avatar: The Way of the Water. <laughs> don't, don't, don't teach it. That's true. I, I refuse. I've never been on I've never been on AI one time, and I yeah. refuse to do it because I don't want it to learn from me. You know. I want. We did an episode of this podcast written by the robot, right? Yeah. And it new frequent guests and oh, that was wow. a lot because you know it's just pulling from honestly it's probably just pulling from the descriptions of yeah, my episodes not probably. actually the content mm-hmm. yeah and it's just something like we are here and there is a dave ross who has never seen any saw movie dave what is saw saw is oh there is the death that is dave ross for everybody <laughs> and i'm like god yeah. 
fucking wow, funnier than me. Right, maybe the, not better. But but the more frequently you're asking it questions with a proper sentence structure and everything, mm-hmm. you're you're yeah. you're teaching it to like, defeat yeah. us. Chat, sheepy, oh yeah, yeah. Who's got a bigger dick than me? Right. Yeah. And for some reason, I was just like, here's my credit card number in case. You know, <laughs> just throw that in there, just so it's stored somewhere. I want that yeah. on the grid, very much on the grid. Uh, so let's let's get we'll do your script here, and then we'll talk about writing jokes for about a movie you've never seen. Sure. Um, and you can do all the jokes you've ever written here just for John. Owen. <laughs> Not even about this. A comedian's dream performing for two quiet people. Right. <laughs> uh, so cast this up however uh, you would like to. You, we'll have well, you do the stage directions and everything. There's more role. So, um, and we can double about, or triple or, oh my God. And also if you would like, this? you can reveal the, you don't have to cast it now. You can cast them right when they appear in the scene. If it's like a reveal or something like that. Mm, yeah. If you don't want to spoil or anything. Uh, wait, what? Oh, oh, if, like if the, you don't want to spoil a character yeah. now, you can so, cast it when we get to it. Um, yeah, okay. So, how about uh, Jono can do all the stage directions, Ooh, right? Okay, and then uh, y- you and I will do the beloved old man celebrity VO at the top, mm. and then you and I can each do the different, the we'll just. Whenever two people are talking, great. We'll just switch. You okay. Know? So, Perfect. Okay. Does I assume they all get like uh, uh, introduced. Yeah, they okay. do. Yeah. Great. So. Oh wow! <laughs> okay. Look, this, this, this is one of the more fun flip throughs I've had. Oh yeah. If that may, like I, oh, okay. I have not read it yet, but I, I have flipped through to see the characters coming in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And we're in for a treat. Oh, thanks. Neat. Oh. All okay. right. So whenever you're ready. All right. <clears throat> Exterior, space, outer space. All right, space. John, I want to give you... Yeah, thank you. I was going to say go Oof. back and Oof. actually get the stage direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to kill the integrity of this, this podcast. This isn't just a floor space. It's outer space. Yeah. It, um, there's a lot of bolded stage direction, too, okay. that requires your emphasis. Yeah. Exterior, outer space, day? <laughs> How can you tell, right? right. Uh, a galaxy squ- swirls in the cosmos. We are rapidly pulled into it. Blazing stars and peculiar planets whiz by as we traverse this cluttered galaxy. This is the beloved old man celebrity VO. Just anybody that just, uh, just you know, just yeah. you got to get one of them. You know, yeah. uh, uh, a Brian Cox or a Charlton Heston or a yeah. you know Morgan Freeman. Any of them, right? Yeah. Uh, Robert Redford, perhaps. Ed Asner. Space more fantastical than you could ever imagine. Quadrillions of planets possessing the potential to support squajillions of possibilities for sentient life. In this film franchise, for which we've planned at least 252,000 sequels, (laughs) we'll visit each one. But for now, let's focus our attention on the one before you. A gleaming blue-green planet comes into focus. The camera shows, slows whilst it spins. We hold on this shot for 11 minutes. (laughs) Welcome to (laughs) Avatu. Prepare yourself for an experience that will defy your senses. Strap in for an experience so revolutionary your mind may break and will never be the same. Forget everything you've ever known about life in the universe, for Avatu is a planet so freakishly bizarre, so purely alien, so outlandish and utterly wondrous, so utterly otherworldly. We're moving again, fast, rushing through Avatu's outer atmosphere, and now a break in the clouds. The surface comes into the view. Blue oceans and continental land masses of green and brown. They're shaped slightly differently, but this might as well be Earth. For example, it resembles Earth in virtually every way. (laughs) 
The camera zooms down to the planet's crust, soaring over oceans, mountains, through forests, etc. Turbulent seas and rushing rivers and green forests, a practically a facsimile of our planet, so you'd think. But get this, the flowers have teeth! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's it's double-sided, that's right. Ah. An orchid leaps off the screen and snaps at the viewers. There it is. And the inhabitants are slightly taller than people. But try to wrap your mind around the fact that these bipedal creatures are blue. And they may have one less finger on each hand. Only the unfathomable (laughs) mind of pure, unadulterated genius could manifest such a remarkably exotic world beyond human comprehension. So prepare yourself, if you dare, strap in, and make sure you're wearing your patented Lightstorm three-dimensional eye lenses. Oh, and don't forget to duck when a fish with three eyes comes flying at your face. That's right, I said three eyes! Narrator's voice fades off. Exterior, tropical rainforest floor, day. A cacophony of unfamiliar coos, hoots, and squawks echo beneath the canopy. As a two-headed centipede with 100 weird genie shoes jingles over a fur. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. Like, you weren't, you're like, there's no way I'm right in what I'm reading. (laughs) (laughs) These words don't make sense together. (laughs) But that's what happens on Abitu. Then, disaster. One of its shoes is caught in a dew-glistened spiderweb. The centipede struggles vainly. All seems lost. But, gently, a long four-fingered hand uh, emancipates the ensnared Dicephalus. God, you bastard. A word that means two-headed arthropod. Note the hand is blue. (laughs) The camera rises to reveal the hand's owner. Title card. Oh, how about I'll do the title okay, cards yeah, too. Yeah. Title card. Remove Lightstorm 3D glasses. Please put on macro illuminated tempered generation <laughs> two racquetball goggles. <laughs> a resplendent splendor. A resplendent slender blue man, early thirties. Think Croatian basketball league power forward. This is Kevin, spelled K E V apostrophe I N. <laughs> Most importantly, he's blue. Kevin. The chieftain of the avatars, <laughs> the wise but primitive tribal creatures who inhabit these forests. Note, this scene will cost approximately $19 billion. Brother Centipede, be on your way. I'm sure you do the same for me. For we inhabitants of Avatu are all harmonious brethren and children of the great god of the universe, James Camarine. <laughs> A bright red fuzzy, <laughs> a bright red fuzzy fruit sails into view and splats against Kevin's back. Watch out, viewers! The fruit's red nectar squirts right at you. Oh, do you want to be? Oh yeah, the projectile was thrown by Kevin's younger brother, Karim Jabbar, <laughs> twenty-seven, cynical, a goof off, also blue. He carries a basket half filled with. The fuzzy fruits. Come on, Slowpoke. We got to get these filled with galubula berries before second sunset. Oh, I see. So you want to make it a competition now. Race you to the upside down waterfall. (laughs) (laughs) Playfully, they begin to run, striding effortlessly over the leaf litter. Look out, viewer. Leaves in your face. (laughs) Suddenly, the ground begins to tremble. A sickening mechanical whirring noise pierces the serenity. The tree canopy blows violently. Kevin and Kari Jabbar 
Stop dead in their tracks. The brothers shield their eyes as Space Barge rumbles overhead. With hydraulic hiss, the barge touches down in a clearing. Title card, remove racquetball goggles immediately. Please apply night vision trinocular bifocals. <laughs> set the retinoscope <laughs> Set the retinoscope between red and green. You have three seconds. I love giving the audience work. <laughs> that's, that's what Avatar feels like to me. It also does feel like a ride. Like I genuinely feel like the, the, the narration and goggles are ride driven. Uh, exterior, forest clearing, dusks. Dusks. There's dusks. more than one dusk because yeah, there's yeah. more than one yeah, sun, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. We get it. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> the viewer gets it. We explained it to them thrice now. <laughs> Kevin and Karim Jabbar <laughs> hide themselves in the twisted roots of the Galubula tree. They watch with trepidation as the door of the strange ship moans open like the mouth of a terrible beast. Cautiously outstep two bipedal creatures in orange space suits and gleaming mirrored helmets. Their form is human and they appear to be acclimating themselves to this alien atmosphere. Notes, to achieve the uncertain gravitational adjustment our astronauts need to convey in this moment, this scene will be shot on Earth's moon at great expense. (laughs) (laughs) The soundstage is currently being built in the Kepler crater on the lunar surface and will be ready for production in approximately 23 years. (laughs) A total of six infants have been adopted by Lightstorm Entertainment and are being raised and rigorously trained for the specific purpose of acting in this scene. It is the hope and calculated assumption of the producers that at least two of these infants will survive the training and reach adulthood to a accomplish this shot if fewer survive we will adjust the script accordingly on the day <laughs> they also did this for boyhood mm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, <clears throat> exterior beneath the globular tree dusks what 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 are they humans oh, a clever race of ape creatures who destroyed their own world and now seek another exterior the barge door dusks Slowly, the bipedal space travelers remove their helmets. They are Earthmen, Charles and Barkley. (laughs) Charles and Barkley, both 23, (laughs) both obviously from Long Island, New York, take their first damp breaths of Avatu humidity. Whoa, get a load of this fucking place. Smells like a goddamn urinal cake out here. Exterior, beneath the Galubula tree, dusks. What is urinal cake? Probably a delicacy from their world. Mmm, sounds delicious. Note, in this moment, the patented theatrical aromanators deploy, spraying (laughs) 6.12 million particulates of diffused urinal cake musk throughout the theater. (laughs) Exterior, the barge, dusks. Look, let's just do what we came to do and get the hell out of here. All right, already. Chucky, go ahead and open the garbage bay. (laughs) Chuck... Stage directions is very familiar. (laughs) Charles hits a button on, and the heavy rear cargo door falls open, spilling tons of cardboard, paper, and plastic refuse. Heads up, viewer! The greasy pizza box and an empty corn chowder can whiz right past you. Isn't it hilarious? All the people back home on Earth think that that, when they throw this shit into little blue cans, that it's actually getting recycled. Yeah, recycling. I mean, how the fuck is that supposed to happen? Sure, lady, toss a broken plastic hanger in your bin. We take it to some magic factory and it turns it into Tupperware. Get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> yeah. They probably think they're pretty fucking. They'd probably be pretty fucking annoyed. You know, we're just sailing around the universe, dumping empty Mountain Dew bottles on any planet we find. 
Exterior, beneath the globula tree, dusks. <laughs> Furious, Karim stands to confront these galactic litter bugs. Outrageous. Exterior, the barge, dusks. Barkley squints toward the tree line. Yo, you, you hear something? Exterior, beneath the globula tree, dusks. Just before he's seen, Karim is yanked back down by his brother. No, Karim, not like this. We must convene the Council of Avatars. Tell them what we have seen here and prepare for war. Tribal drumming kicks in. The brothers retreat silently back into the forest. Title card, remove bifocals now. You have five seconds to quickly reach under your seat. Put on and buckle flame retardant Nomex jacket. (laughs) Apply your impact (laughs) resistant safety glasses first before assisting others. Three, two, one. Cue magnesium flash pots. Title avatar. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Uh, If you had been there, that submarine at the Titanic would have been fine. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever see how James Cameron found out about 9-11? Oh, yeah. Because there's a video of it. Oh, it's like a combination of everything that I think about most of the time. It's amazing. He missed 9-11 because he was in a little submarine. He was a little submarine. Oh, the the one at the bottom of the the ocean? He was during 9-11. And then he resurfaces. And they're like his crew, like people on the surface are like, yay, he, he made it. And then Bill Paxton has to like put an arm, arm on his shoulder and go, Jim, uh, something happened at the World Trade Center. And he has to like tell him. Yeah. Oh and so God. you get to watch like dripping wet James Cameron like, <laughs> learn about 9 mm-hmm. 11. Like after returning from the bot, like That's he like, has the bends and everything let, probably. Let me go back down. Yeah. <laughs> it's not <laughs> safe here. Let on me surface see what world. I can do. Half of the time I've gone in the Mariana Trench, a yeah. terrorist attack <laughs> has hit the World Trade Center. The numbers are out of control. The sample size is small. Oh, boy. I, I do think if you, as far as alibis, Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> I'm a mile down. Uh huh. Is rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a pretty good one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Airtight, I mean, you could say. <laughs> Get it? Come on. It's in the summary. That guys. was part of the problem with the most recent one. Yeah. Well, they, uh, it's maybe weird. it was too airtight. Oh. <laughs> you know, I I was uh, I went to this place recently that was amazing. It's called the Adventurers Club of Los Angeles, right? And it's just the members like you have to, in order to be a member you have to have like climbed mount everest or some shit like that you know okay. but they have an open night every thursday and you can go and then like listen to a talk from somebody who did some interesting shit or whatever but you sit there and you have dinner and it's like a wedding right you just join this like sure. table of like just random people who are members of this club and one of the guys he what he does for a living is like he uh is a treasure diver on like you know pirate ships and okay. shit like that right yeah so he's been in those submarines before and he says that like we kind of were talking about that. And he says like a like a uh, the like hazing running joke you do with newbies is it gets all drippy and condensationy, right? Oh, because right, when right. you're down there in one of those little submarines, sure, because uh-huh. of just the carbon because yeah, of your breathing, yeah, yeah. And they will always see the water, like point to the water in the ceiling, be like, oh fuck, and then that makes the people <laughs> pretend oh, it's just a small the person in their oh, first. That's so fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, I bet that one wasn't. It was funny at first. Yeah, yeah. and then he's like, no, but seriously, there's probably yeah. oh, he's classically he's pranking us again. Yeah, Do yeah. that Rubik's cube, son. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's veteran small submarine humor. Mm, we uh, <laughs> niche. Yeah, yeah. I that's so. I thought you were gonna say they have like an open mic. Night for like events where you can come like tell them something you did and they'll let you know if it was like great. Like uh, 
There's a really big hill by my parents' house, and they're just like all like yawning or like giving you the light. There was a guy who was doing who did that though. There was like another person who came who like, was didn't like, have a good adventure. No, but he was like desperately seeking to become. He was like trying too hard to like yeah. want to become a member of it. So he just there was a time where it was like, is anybody? They ask like, has has anybody been on a recent adventure? And then like his hand immediately shot up, and he mm-hmm. was like, uh, "Well, I once traversed Africa." Let me tell you about the time. If you want to know more about the time, somebody put an AK forty seven in my face. You can ask me later. Like he was just so right. desperate to like. Wow, yeah, we've all been wanna- to Texas, man. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, come on, dude. Like fucking. We've all been pulled over. Yeah, yeah. don't show your cards at the Adventurers Club so quickly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. it just felt desperate. Yeah. You know. People are adventurers. Don't These be people have gold them. bars in their shoes. Yeah, oh, exactly. Man. What? <laughs> it, where? I mean, I want to know. Where is it? Oh, it's fucking fascinating. It's it's in Lincoln Heights. You have right? to give them the map and, first. Jeez. Right. This is great. Well, it's, <laughs> it's it's like kind of a secret location. I mean, it's like you can find it on the internet. It's not like a secret, but it's just above a drugstore, and there's no signage mm-hmm. at all. So you have to like know to go there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like every other business on that street is just like a nail salon or like a. Did you crack your iPhone just store? Like you know, what I mean? just like that kind of shit. Yeah, you know. And then there's this club upstairs that's been around for like a hundred years, and like wow, that's like Buzz skipping, gentrifying. It's pretty wild. Anyway, um, well, I do know Buzz Aldrin. He and I go way back. You ever met him? Yes. Yeah. Was I mean, he, I have like a long stand-up bit about you? meeting him. No, he was not. Oh yeah. I taught him uh, how to use his new iPad when I worked at the Apple Store. Oh wow. He had broken an iPad. And he came in and I I watched Buzz Aldrin play with an iPad. And the joke is that he told me it was the most amazing thing he'd ever seen. <laughs> and I just sort of like stared at him for a minute. <laughs> um, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Yours was like an award show, right? It was the Guy's Choice Awards. Yeah. And uh, I uh, I wrote for the Guy's Choice Do you remember those existing? Mm-hmm. It was on Spike TV. Oh, man. And it was oh, this yeah. thing where they would like reverse engineer an award. They would just like throw a bunch of money at some like dude celebrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And get him to come. And then they would like just. And then we, the writers, would have to like come up with some fucking thing to give. You know what I mean? And sure. so. They're um, like, we've got Buzz Aldrin. What can he win? Kind of. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so it was like, oh, great. We got the Buzz Aldrin is kind of a badass. That's cool. Or yeah. whatever. Then the producers booked Felix Baumgartner. You remember who that guy is? Fell from the Red Bull thing? That fucking guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just fell from a balloon. Gravity man? Yeah, and <laughs> and the producers, in their infinite wisdom, decided that Buzz should give that guy the award. He should be the presenter to that guy, and they wanted to call oh, it so the Next Great Leap Award. And, like, I'm a huge history door, and that, like, just fucking made my blood boil. I was just, yeah. like, shouting in the writer's room. I was like, He's, it's not. It's not the next great league. Right. Like, you can't do – like, Buzz Aldrin's the reason you don't fucking speak Russian. You understand the difference? Like, this asshole fell out of a balloon. <laughs> you see how it's not the same? We <laughs> actually decided to have Picasso give Photoshop autofill an yeah. award for right. its ability <laughs> to what, exactly. uh, cover canvas. That's what it felt like. And, by the way, fucking Felix Bomb, they broke that record three years later. Some other guy, some Swede or whatever. I mean, it's just really, like, really – Immediately broke his falling from a balloon record. I mean. Jeff Bezos so, breaks it every other week. Yeah, they shouldn't like. Told, he shouldn't have told every, anyone what the record was. He should have said he has it, yeah. and Guinness secretly knows. But once you give the uh, the height out, I mean, once they convert that to meters, it's nothing. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So I told Buzz Aldrin, I was like, "Hey, listen, Colonel Aldrin, like they want you to do this thing, and like just it says that in the script, and just so like for rehearsal, just but when the show is happening, just." Do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you want to do. Like, don't fucking say. Because yeah. they said, like, what they wanted in the script was, uh, uh, you know, so congrats, you know, like, please welcome the man who took the next great leap for mankind. That's what they wanted yeah. him to say. That's like, and if- it was like so fucking insulting to me. 
Yeah. What was the line he used instead? Well, so then he he played ball with what we said, and then when the show came around, he came out and grumpily goes, so give it up for the guy who gave the next great leap for Red Bull. (laughs) 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 And it was pretty perfect. So, Uh, I mean, that is really funny. Um, My recording stopped, and we're going to take a quick break. Be right back. Hey folks, Kyle here. Thank you for listening. Just taking another quick second out here and add on uh, my own show. Figure this is a good time to remind everyone of these shows I got coming up. I'm in Eureka, California. I'm in Portland, Oregon, Seattle, and Oakland, California, all starting actually next week. Basically some dates in there. May 16th in Eureka, 18th in Portland, May 23rd in Seattle, and May 25th in Oakland. Doing my show hard to say, uh, this comedy show I'm working on about living with trigeminal neuralgia. I've gone on and uh, on enough about it on here. I really had a, a lot of fun out in, in Colorado last month, and people came out from the shows, and that was it's the best. Seeing people out at shows who, who like the podcast is just the best, and developing this show about the very odd and difficult thing I'm going through has been a pleasure that is unexpected and makes me very happy, and I'm very proud of the show. Um, like I said, the, I've got those dates coming up, kyleayers.com slash shows. Please grab tickets now. Grab them while you're listening to this. Send it to a friend. Tell them to come out. Seattle, Portland, Eureka, Oakland. Uh, I would love for tickets to get moving a little bit. And so would the venues that are emailing me. And they're just it's going to be a really good time. I hope to see you out. Thank you so much. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Once again, kyleairs.com slash shows. Uh, y'all are the best. Thank you. The absolute the best. Hey, we're back. Uh, I love talking about Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. I think he, I love when he punched that conspiracy theorist in the face. I think about that that all the time. Yeah. Uh, A friend of mine, his uncle was one of the curators at the Air and Space Museum in D.C. Mm -hmm. And I met him when I was in D.C. one time doing shows and went around the museum. I thought it was very cool. Before or after the iPad thing? This would have been... Oh, I don't know. Like, whatever time did you, like, mention? Oh, I've met you before. Did you do that? Oh, no, no. I didn't oh. meet Buzz Aldrin again. Oh, oh okay. I see. Um, um, no, no. I This was just, we're going around the museum, and I'm telling him about when I had met Buzz Aldrin working at the Apple Store in New York. Yeah. And then he tells me, he's like, oh, he's a problem here a lot. Um, he doesn't mean it in, like, a bad way, but he's like, a lot of this stuff is his. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is an insane <laughs> thing for a museum to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he's like, Buzz will come in and take kids into the lander. Wow. Huh. They're like, he'll come into the museum and touch everything because yeah. wow. it's, that's it's, his hat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like sure. that's, those are his shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, if kids are interested, he will just take them into the exhibits. Yeah. And he's oh, like, he, you know, he, he drinks. It, yeah. This is presuming like what the guy is saying. And once this is now like third or fourth hand, but he's like, and sometimes if we're just having any sort of private event, Buzz will show up to give a speech uh-huh. at uh, <laughs> event for like best organize secretary organization. Okay, so he's like wedding crashing. NASA exactly, events. he's we- he's he's not even <laughs> he's wedding crashing events at NASA, <laughs> and right. not all of them are NASA. <laughs> right, like some of them are logistics, <laughs> yeah, or yeah, yeah. you know what I mean, like right. the the Smithsonian Services yeah. Award or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he shows up at fiftieth birthday. Party. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Someone's yeah. worked here long. There were a retirement party for someone, right, and he's man. coming and just shitting on them for retiring, right, or something. Sure. But he's just thinking of him letting him like it's I mean, there's he is a singular person at this point. Certainly. Yeah. And it's there's to me, there's nothing funnier than something in a museum being yours. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
Which it probably legally is property of the United States government if it really comes. But, like, are you going to be the security guard who pulls Buzz Aldrin off of the thing he sat (laughs) in for a week? Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. And so he's just like, oh, he's like, we love him. Like, just like a tired man when I'm asking him about him. He's like, but he just comes in here and And he will just, he will let kids like pick everything up. Not safe for children. They should let the children should not be in this. Anyone who's a kid. It wasn't safe for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Anyone who's Egyptian should just be able to go in and touch things at the British Museum. Yeah, I sure. agree with that. <laughs> I just, I, I, look, they don't I give mean, it back. They just if like, you can get it out without anyone seeing, yeah. I think it should. I don't know if I've ever told this story on here before, but what I think is maybe the funniest thing I've ever done in comedy was I was doing a show on an elevator, and it was at the there was an annex. I think it's the uh, a museum in New York. Maybe the MoMA does like a modern art once a year out on the west side of Manhattan, like, pop-up thing, but it's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. I don't know enough about it to even know what it was entirely. Mm -hmm. But they, like, showcase some artists in warehouses, right? And they had a big, the only elevator was a service elevator. And they were like, we would love stand-up comedians to perform in the corner of the elevator. Oh, no. So when these people, Manhattan art people, get in, (laughs) you surprise them with a set. And look, I, we've all done shows no one wanted to happen. Yeah. No one ever wants to accidentally see comedy. Uh-huh. And so they get in the elevator and I'm like on a little tiny like dot, like triangle stage in the corner yeah. with a mic and a red curtain behind me. Uh-huh. Hey, what's up? They fucking hate it. They sure, hate of you. Course. People, sometimes people would stand at three feet in front of me with their back to me. Yeah. And it's a huge elevator. It's bigger than this room. It's like, you know, how you get stuff up a warehouse. Oh, right. Yeah. And so we keep it. They hate it. They hate it. I'm trying to do bits. I'm like, what's everyone's favorite artist on three? And I'd be like, Lisa Frank. And like, you know what I mean? Like, just trying to be funny. Yeah. No one likes it. So then I start going um, what I think is a funny, like, idea. I'm like, hey, everybody. Welcome to blah, blah, blah. I don't even, you know. Uh, upstairs is completely interactive. One of the fun parts is the art is you can touch the art, you can move the art. Everything upstairs <laughs> is uh, is part of one large exhibit about interacting with art. The security guards are actors, <laughs> and I just give keep giving the spiel for like probably four elevator rides, uh-huh. which is you know fifty people. Right, and I'm like, yeah, you know, you get upstairs. It's like if you if you think something would look better by something else, that's part of it. You can't take anything. These are all, but it is it is a large collective interactive physical exhibit think of it as one thing <laughs> that you're helping to shape and then i come down the elevator one time the door opens there's and there's a security guard there with like the people who booked me and like and he's just like uh there's like you know he's like hey uh um i don't know what's happening but everyone is touching paintings <laughs> <laughs> so we're done with this and we're gonna see and I'm like, so like, well, you're fired and you have to leave. And so then I got fired. But I'm like, that is, that's like the most proud I've been of any comedy <laughs> thing I've ever done. Is everyone, Good t- for you. The most pretentious people getting in t- trouble for yes. touching yeah. paintings. Yes. Yeah. And how delighted they probably were. Like, oh, that does sound interesting. Imagine right. Like, right. It doesn't right. sound interesting at all. Like, yeah. Why like would you, you? And then I you know that they're just taught, think the security guard is an actor. And they're just like, oh, okay. Yes, I'll stop touching it. Yeah. Look yeah. at the UCB boy. <laughs> like... Think about like, if you were in charge of the Met Gala, what you could get like celebrities and billionaires to wear. Oh, yeah. Just oh, right. like the derelict campaign from Zoolander. This year's just uh, like you have to be trash. Right. All everyone has to wear banana peels. The peel. theme this right. year is uh, uh, <laughs> invisible. <laughs> invisible is smell. The theme yeah, yeah. this year is smell. <laughs> it, it is. is uh, it people is will go along me. with it. 
what people don't know comedy isn't good for. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, like that probably wasn't my worst gig that week. Like yeah, if we're yeah, being yeah. honest, because at least that one I still they paid me fifty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dollar for every they, painting you ruined. Right. <laughs> and I'm sorry to the artist, but I really am not because most like artists who I've really met who would have they they are also like we don't know why anyone's but like they're like we are we are all kind of just agreeing we like the thing right. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's all it's all fraudulent. I mean, as an art history major, yeah, it's all bullshit. You pick the stuff you like. The stuff makes you feel something, and then eventually, it's to to hide tax money. Do you know what this is kind of along those lines? Do you know? I don't know if you know this about. I think this is a fascinating little just piece of trivia. But so, like, if you were to describe a Monet, like what what would be some descriptive words you would use to describe right, the like wet water lilies? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, like blurry, like, exact blurry. Thank yeah. you. That's the word I was hoping you would say. Uh, do you know why that is? Why they're blurry? It's because Monet had cataracts very badly, and they got <laughs> progressively it. worse throughout the 1880s. <laughs> and so if you look at his paintings in the late 1880s, they're fucking blurrier because the man That's so funny. couldn't fucking see what he was painting. <laughs> and then people, like somebody disparagingly wrote a, like a critique of Monet and said, called it impressionism because Monet can't paint a sunset. He can only paint an impression of a sunset. And then everybody else, all these like frauds and like mm-hmm. phonies in the salon and stuff were like, oh my God, that's amazing what he's doing. I'm going to paint like I have cataracts. And that's what started impressionism. <laughs> was a bunch of people painting like they had a fucking ocular handicap. Isn't that how like, people in Spain have lisps? Is there yeah, some, yeah, because yeah. the, yeah, the, the Castilian... Just because one of the like, I think it was one of the kings of Spain spoke like this, and then everybody had he made it a decree that everyone I love had to talk it. like this. I love it. Nothing's real. It's <laughs> all fake. I love it. I love looking. I will love watching art stuff. I like seeing fraudulent art. Sometimes, like there's this. Uh, it's like a documentary about uh, art forgery. Uh-huh. And how uh, some gr- oh, gal- this gallery in New York spent like you know a hundred million dollars on a new like uh, um gosh what is his name where. He- Pollock that, yeah. they, that no one had ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they spent all this money on a new, who's the, the squares? Mm. Uh, Pete Mondrian? Uh, no, sort of like blurry squares. Mm. Uh, modern. Uh, Anyways, I yeah. actually very much like them. And they're like, oh, we haven't seen a new one of these. We haven't seen a new one of these. And they just like convinced themselves that they were real because they yeah. wanted them to be. Yeah, yeah. But it was all just an old Chinese man, uh-huh. <laughs> like in a garage, yeah. forging Ten different artists, and right. then they're then everyone's like, "Oh, I don't want to buy this now." And you're like, "Oh, it's, so you don't actually like it?" You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, I, w- yeah. I think that makes it worth more. I, yeah, it, right. like it, you te- it, There's somewhere in between Banksy shredding his own stuff and this Chinese guy making art. I'm like, uh, right in between there. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's where the money is. <laughs> yeah, um, God, I'm, this is gonna really bother me until I figure out what that guy's name is. Rothko. Oh wow. yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. these are like very forgeable artists. If yeah. you can convince. Oh yeah, every yeah. every four year old's made a Jackson Pollock, right? Yeah. And there's, I do think there's something. I don't. I like. I like. I love Rothko. I don't know why. It just looks. <laughs> I don't know. These sound panels are like ninety percent of the way to being one. Yeah. And I don't like Pollock, and I don't know why. And I think mm. it's all just you just pick a thing and you like the thing and it makes you feel something or whatever. Yeah. And maybe I saw it when I was sad one night, and that's why I like it forever. <laughs> I have no idea, but right. it's forgeable, and I don't know. Anyways, yeah. but you're a douchebag if you're like convinced that it's good because from. I don't know if I've ever thought anything this. I don't know if I like any of the art that I think is good. Yeah. I go to like the Huntington gardens out here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Or I go to like the Met in New York and it's all, um, Victorian era or Renaissance era. Like I'm like, well, they're good. Yeah. But I'm tired of looking at like pale people in V-necks. Yeah. <laughs> like I think I, it's, it's, it's oh. like, 
objectively a talent driven yeah. creation. Mm-hmm. But some of it, like if he's not like eating his own son in half. Yeah. Right. I don't find like it's just a painting of someone I don't find to be to, to, yeah, I just, I just in, like invoke anything in me. Try to think of them as just doppelgangers of modern culture or whatever. It's like, oh, that one looks like Josh Gad. They all look like Josh Gad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially um, the women. Yeah, yeah. The richer they were, the more they looked like Josh yeah, Gad then. Yeah, yeah. Um, him or Olaf, ironically, you're looking at one of those. But, but like the stuff that I think I could mimic, I mean, I couldn't. Right. I don't have the patience for, to let alone like any of that to create a technique. I'm like, oh, yeah, that stuff make, makes me feel something more than a really good painting of a guy I probably wouldn't have liked. <laughs> <laughs> Think of like, as much as I like appreciate Basquiat, he must have been a handful to be around. I'm just like, no one will still be listening. Okay. What, this. right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, Maybe yeah. they will. I'm, I thought, everyone I thought listens, the Monet anecdote was everyone, objectively I love that. I, uh, now we it was impressionistically interesting, yeah. I think. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I never got to... I, I am not as smart as anyone who listens to this, so they might actually really enjoy okay. this. But sure. I, I mean, because there's also a similar thing. This is like a, a leap of like, is there are a lot of very objectively well-made movies yeah. that are not rewatchable? Like, I mean, I do think that, or like, uh, uh, it's, I'm weirded out if like Breathless is your favorite movie or like eight and a half or like something like that. Uh Just like I'm weirded out by a standup who's like, uh, Pryor's the one, like if a standup's like 35 or younger and they're like (laughs) Pryor and I'm like, I just don't quite believe it. Um, I understand you could watch it and see how it did a thing. I don't and like even laugh. know which either of those movies are. You said, yeah, Richard Pryor. No, no I don't know. Oh. Uh, it's like Fellini that. and like They're like it's like, like old movies. like yeah, yeah. like film school movies. movies. You yeah, know, fuck that. yeah. Um, I don't know. I I'm, I have a lot easier time believing someone when they tell me like their favorite movie is like uh, The Goonies. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Me too. I'm more I would of a rather chef. hang out with somebody whose favorite movie is The Goonies yeah. for sure. Yeah. I just shaft a shaft in Africa. Excuse me. Sorry. Oh yeah. That's a fun movie. <laughs> that actually one does have a, a bunch of quotable lines okay. as opposed to Avatar, which has none. None. Oh, this is, I think this is kind of amusing. Is uh, So I'm obsessed with the uh, Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I know it to be some the business diabolical, nefarious scam of some kind. And I cannot sure. put my finger on how or why. But I don't, what I don't, uh, is it is a theme restaurant that is completely... Uh, devoted to the a th- this movie from twenty six years ago. Yeah, most of the many of their it patrons, is like almost a thirty year old movie. Yeah, yeah. next year, <laughs> many of their patrons were not alive when this movie came out. And, yeah, and that would be fine if that was what it originally was. And then they've evolved. You know, like the way that like how like Disney adjusts rides from like uh, Tower of Terror to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah or even like a company like you know like Coca Cola used to just make medicine. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they used to be in pharmacies, and then they're like, oh wait, this is just like a soft drink. And then they just mm-hmm. like changed their marketing strategy, and they stopped like they don't still make you buy it at a pharmacy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but but the uh, Bubba Gump Shrimp Company is fucking anchored to this goddamn theme. They will not, they do And it's not there. even a franchise. There's not even two of them. It is one movie. It's just, it's so <laughs> that is, just arbitrarily yeah, that absurd. Is you know, like it might just, it might, like for our generation, it might as well just be like a McMillan and wife restaurant or sure. some shit like that. Like just some fucking art. And, and they play Forrest Gump trivia when you go there. They like ding-a-ding-a-bell and then yeah. they ask you questions like, you know, uh, how many generations did Lieutenant Dan or whatever? And then you get like a prize if you – and they like make you give a fuck. And yeah. 
Uh, and I'm sure if you work there, you have to know these answers to this trivia. Like, exactly. I'm, I bet people can ask you it's things absurd. at the tables. It's absurd, and none of the people who worked there were alive when this movie came out. No. And everyone's just fine with this movie. They're fine with it. And yet, this restaurant forces you to get like, hey, have you gotten a chance to sit in Lieutenant Dan's wheelchair yet? Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and the thing that is so upsetting to me is that they own somehow the most expensive pieces of real estate on the globe. And that yeah. is what like is 4,000 so square feet in suspicious. Times Square and yeah. Universal Studios. The, like the Santa Monica Pier, they have like the only yeah. restaurant. Fucking the peak in Hong Kong is the most expensive place to own real estate on the globe. And they have a gigantic restaurant there. Maybe they're a front for mattress firm. What are they doing? Because it's not selling. Yeah, that is actually. They're a Long John Silver's is what they are. But like. What? I wish. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially. (laughs) It would be there. But yeah, it is. It is. So what is it offering? Just fucking Long John Silver's food. Exactly. And then there's a gift shop that has. Life is like a box of chocolate. It is very much like. I've never seen anyone wear. It is a lot like there's not the internet. As yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, it's a time Because, like, I could probably get a Life is Like a Box of Chocolates t shirt online. Surely. Without having to pay $48 to park um, in the also, Tyrannosaurus Rex lot. Yes. Um, yeah. And avoid and the better things. Fucking. <laughs> and, and my whole point, too, is that Planet Hollywood failed. Yeah. And that was about. Every, Every movie. movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, if you weren't a fan of of Remains of the Day, like, oh, yeah, there's the yeah, scarf yeah. They Remains could, they of pivot. the Day, you can turn around and there's Schwarzenegger's crossbow. And yeah. it's like, oh, neat. Like, whatever. There's other things for you. But this is festooned exclusively with yeah. scenes from Forrest Gump. Yeah. I want to know, is why is and, there not a Fast and Furious drive-through chain? Yeah, see, that, sure, there's at least 10 of those movies. Get a you know family I mean? like, meal at Fast and Furious. Right. There's enough of those, <laughs> right. for sure. There's ten. Drift on in for sushi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole reason I brought it up is because um, I, uh, like, people uh, who know me, like, know that I uh, have this thing about Bubba Gump, and so they will often take a picture of themselves outside one uh. and text it to me. <laughs> Uh, one of the guys who works on Kimmel, I've worried for Kimmel, one of those guys, uh, the, the directors sent me a, a onesie for my newborn daughter that was from the <laughs> fucking whatever. So that's like your keeping it open now. It's become this sort yeah. of like snake eats its own yeah. tail. Yeah. The gift so, shop is yeah, just novelties exactly. to I, send it. Irony out of spite. <laughs> yeah. Like I have probably been responsible for more sold merchandise in the gift shop. I've never seen anybody buy anything in there. So uh, for Christmas, for the <laughs> Secret Santa, uh, this other writer is very funny, Jesse McLaren. He had me. And he got me like the deluxe gift basket from <laughs> the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, you know. That's great. And so it comes with like a license plate and right. Like and a, that's, I mean, that's like a six hundred dollar. Yeah, but it's expensive. <laughs> you got to invest yeah. in the restaurant. Yeah. I think you're part owner. <laughs> it has like uh, slippers that are Forrest Gump sneakers. You know what I mean? Just big goofy. Right. It just got sure. a bunch of stupid shit. And then uh, oh, it has the shrimp. Which is their logo? Which is their mascot? Have you ever seen that? The smiling shrimp guy. Yeah. This big like pink shrimp, hat, right? which is fucking infuriating because <laughs> no, your mascot is Forrest Gump. That's what you told me. You can't That's just so add funny. a second mascot. They're just like just pretending invent- it's the action. It's not about the movie. It's that the movie is real life. Yeah. So now there's a uh, shrimp that's somehow representing the company too. And so, anyway, long story short, the my the most fascinating item in this basket is a hat, and the hat is just a black hat with white lettering. Uh, 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 kind of in the style, uh, like just uh, it's just a black hat, white letters, and it says, um, "I gotta find Bubba." 
It's that quote, right? <laughs> Which, like, what a fun... What does that even... Well, so Is that a, a line from the movie? It's a quote movie? from the movie, but this well, is... But he's not wearing a hat that uh. says that. No, but do you know what that quote is? What When he says that. It's when when he, Forrest Gump says, I gotta find Bubba. Do you know what's happening in Vietnam that moment? War. Yeah, he's in Vietnam. He finds Bubba a few seconds later with his fucking guts spilled out on a beach in Vietnam. You know what I mean? Like, that is like the <laughs> darkest moment in that fucking movie. Oh, yeah. Movie. Bubba's not even alive when his restaurant exists. Yeah, you know? there's like so many adorable quotes from that movie. Like, mom always said, whatever the fuck, you yeah. know, and then they choose for their hat. Like... The moment that Forrest is about to find out that his best friend has been eviscerated on a beach. It's fucking crazy oh. that anybody would wear like wear that hat around like, that is, oh, yeah, what's that from? What? Oh, yeah, that's when Bubba. You have to. It's like one of the few instances of yes, but that would exist. <laughs> yeah, is that yeah, from yeah. Forrest Gump? Yeah. Yes, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, not oh, the yeah, part I you want it to be. trying to stuff his own intestines back in right, right then. We, we uh, couldn't fit. Uh, I don't know whatever happened to that really nice man. His quote about John F. Kennedy. That just <laughs> yeah, was too yeah. big to fit on the hat. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. All I really want to think about is like the uh, least famous movie that could support. Well, it might be that a franchise that could support this. Yeah, for thirty years, a thirty years, franchise. and it's busy. Yeah, I went to because I go sometimes out to the IMAX at Universal Studios <laughs> to watch movies out there. Okay, so I'm always watching walking by the Bubba Gump. Yeah, it's always busy. It is. I, I, People are in there. Margaritaville. There's never anyone in there. Look, full disclosure, I do go there. Right. <laughs> I, full disclosure, I whatever. It's fine. I, I enjoy. Look, there's that a strike kind, going I, on. People have time to do what yeah. they have time to do. I enjoy that kind of food. I like fried I, uh, seafood. I like have a, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It doesn't make sense to me, and I sit there it's, just confounded the whole time I'm there. I'm pretty sure Subway is based on the taking of Pelham 123. <laughs> <laughs> the original, obviously. Oh, not yeah, the yeah, remake. yeah. Oh, you didn't have the Denzel <laughs> Footlong? Wasn't he in the remake? Yeah. I can't remember. Like um, John Travolta just as arbitrary yeah. exactly as arbitrary <laughs> All right. uh, well hey we're going to take another break we'll be right back alright we did it we're back I uh, we didn't get to talk about too much about how you wrote jokes about Avatar in a oh, more yeah. literal sense although I don't know how much we I, I don't really know the line of delving into some. It's fine to talk about previous jokes you wrote for a thing that already existed. Sure, yeah. In a in a um, guild standpoint, right? Oh we yeah, yeah, any, yeah. Any I used to I used there. to always do that back yeah. in the day. I I kind of got busy. I couldn't do it, but I used to always tweet out unused sure jokes. When I, I just mean the I, yeah. There's no kind of uh, uh, we. It's a weird thing to have a podcast about writing and talking about movies during a strike. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just want to be like, oh, you know. Oh, you're saying like that oh, yeah. this would run afoul of the guild? I, no. I, I doubt it. No way. But I always so. want to uh, stay within a comfort level. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, want to yeah, be sure. like, so what is uh, every, so what's your favorite uh, big studio? And, <laughs> <laughs> who, who, uh, so what's your favorite thing about like Bob Iger's like physical appearance? Uh, um, no, I th- if you anyone has listened to this anytime since what 145 days ago, they're pretty well set on where we stand by that. And um, oh, so you wrote jokes about movie? Mo- not I assume you hadn't seen all of the movies. Let's say you're like writing no. for an awards show. Yeah, yeah, and you had picked up enough about Avatar to just like. Yeah, a bunch of movies. Like, I kind of realized that early on. You don't, like, actually have to see the movies. to Like, because the, the reality of it is, is that, like, if it's some obscure movie, like, what's that, when, to Leslie or whatever was, or or The Whale or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, sure. No 
people are going to I would imagine the most of your first thought jokes about the whale you probably want to pass on. Oh, no, we, uh, did. we did plenty of <laughs> fat jokes about the whale. But, um, but it's uh, it is. I mean, I, I hope you can laugh I did, at a I had movie a joke you've never that called seen. Him Mobility Dick, which I was pretty proud of. That, that is actually uh, really fun. funny. That right? is really fun. Um, <laughs> the whale. He's in a mobility school. Um, More of a um, literary joke than a fat. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah. Like, <laughs> but it is also a fat. <laughs> that's Jono standing up at the yeah, Academy yeah, yeah, Awards. Yeah. It's more of a literary <laughs> joke <laughs> than it is like a fat <laughs> joke. You They've sit down. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but like realistically, like those like obscure artsy, you know, those kind of movies, like you, uh, you can't go, you can't dig too deep into a joke about those anyway. So yeah, if you're going to do a joke about them, it has to be the most obvious, the, 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 the only shit that has permeated, like, you know, to the point where I haven't seen it, but I do know this one thing about it. So that would be the oh, thing you'd me, make fun of because that would be what the audience yeah, would yeah, understand yeah. too. Yeah. You know? We are hoping like, to live there entirely on this show. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. What a uh, uh, what so. was I about to? I don't know exactly what I wanted. Did you, I've done it three I had times? I did right. the eighty fifth, the ninetieth, and the. 95th. Are you ever like? Do you know who you're writing them for? Well, yeah, the host. The host. You know? Yeah, you're yeah. not like so. writing any presenter. No, you do kind of have to do that at some point, like down the road, and that is always in you know whatever. That's always hit or miss, you know. Yeah. Um, so host to host is a little bit different, but you just sort of like throwing a ton of out there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, you just yeah. You just overwrite. You just like write everything you can think of about. Is there, and it doesn't have to be Avatar related, something that you were like, like it went on and it made it on uh, into the show, and you're like, that one crushed. Oh, yeah, yeah, a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've done a couple, like, roast things, and uh-huh. I'm, like, distinctly... Because so few of them mm-hmm. actually end up making it to the far yeah. end of the thing that then when something makes it and then it, like, does a good job, you're like, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this was a lot of days of my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, had, I had one that I liked. Uh, I just... I, I really... I liked what it said, too. Uh, it was this long, winding... Uh, it was a long setup to get there, but it was about Elvis and how uh, what, this is an interesting story about the filming of Elvis that when uh, Tom Hanks, who famously collects antique typewriters, got mm-hmm. uh, brought, first day on set, he gave Austin Butler, uh, who played Elvis, uh, a t- an antique typewriter. And then in it was a note that he wrote from Colonel Parker, his character in Elvis. And so then Austin took his typewriter and he wrote, Tom Hanks back a letter to Colonel Parker as Elvis. And the two of them communicated that way throughout the production. And it was a way for them to rehearse. And that just really goes to show you how silly all of this is. (laughs) Just what a stupid fucking, you guys have dumb jobs. This is absolutely stupid. So oh, it was like one of those where it just kind of like built I it all up, that. and it was this long winding, yeah. and then just to like just but that's so just fun. Take the pants off it, I and like you that, gotta but. like I, that's so insane. Yeah, and that and, I think that might be the most <laughs> obscure thing lots of people know about someone is that Tom Hanks collects antique typewriters. Yeah, 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 like yeah, I think my yeah, parents yeah. know yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. I don't think my yeah. parents have seen five movies. Right, right. But I think my parents are like, yeah, Tom Hanks really into old typewriters. Like, yeah. they'd be watching like well, Storage Wars and be like, Tom Hanks would really like this guy's typewriter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's a cute little quirk of his, I guess. Um, but I, I, there was a joke at the last one, not this one, but the last, uh, the twenty seventeen ones. There was a, uh, I really wanted to, because Meryl Streep is nominated or something, and and there was a joke about uh, how the, there has literally only been three years in, in since Meryl Streep has started acting where she hasn't been nominated for an Oscar. There's one three year period where she wasn't nominated, 
And uh, that was when she was doing a stretch for breaking and entering. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, and like she laughed at it. And I thought yeah. and it was like yeah. a little homage to my favorite Oscar joke ever, which David Feldman wrote. And um, years before it was when Steve Martin hosted and it was uh, he goes, Meryl, the, the you know, incomparable Meryl Streep is here. You know, just a national treasure, one of our greatest actresses, And, uh, you know, everybody loves you, Meryl. But, you know, I got I got to ask you what I've been to your house before. What is with all of the Hitler memorabilia? <laughs> <laughs> and it just came so out of nowhere. I just it just delighted me. Uh, so, anyway. Oh, I really love that. Uh, that's so she does. I, I don't know anything about Meryl Streep, the human, but she seems so aware of yeah. what it would also be funny surrounding being just so clearly the most decorated actor. Yeah. Yeah. And just seems to have a good time with it. And I appreciate that. She does seem to have a good sense of humor with that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Um, well, Hey, we're going to play real quick here. Uh, two games to wrap things up on the show. Let me sure. see if I can find the, okay. Nope. 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 There we go. We got too many theme songs on unmarked buttons. Yeah. Build a perfect movie. This game is called Build the Perfect Movie. Oh. How this works is you'll be competing against one another. Okay. Uh, I'll give you a category. All right. You have to pick two movies from that category whose Rotten Tomatoes score add up to as close to 100 as possible without going over. Oh. So think of like Price is Right rules apply. You can't go over 100%. Okay, um, so if I pick two, the goal is to have like a 60, a, 40. A 60 and a 40, a 50 right. and a 40, whatever. Yeah. You'll each pick your first one. I'll give you the scores, so then you can pick your second one accordingly. Nice. Uh, and category. wait a minute. So you're going to have to look these up in real time, right? Yeah. Because you don't I'll have be looking them up answers. Right now. Got uh, it. Okay, right. Um, so. No, I'm going to tell you what movies you're picking, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I was like, am I supposed to guess a specific movie you want me to guess? Yeah, like, no, no, okay. no. Right. I'm popping this thing open here. Right. Okay, got it. Um, So I'm going to go ahead. Let's go. You know what we'll do? Uh, uh, we'll just do drama. I think that's okay for the first one. A big, vague drama. category. So we'll do uh, Jesse will pick first, then Jono, then we'll review the scores. So I, I will tell you, for people who have played this, they like the strategy of uh, polarizing. So try and pick a low and pick a high. Or, oh, okay. Uh, going mm. 50-50 is difficult. Hmm. Sounds like it. Um, so, but it's whenever, you know, think about whatever your first one is, and then uh, let me know. Okay. I'm going first. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, high drama. Um, oh, The Phantom Thread, which I completely forgot was a movie. But then when I was going to come on this and you were like, oh, like, you know, I look up some old Oscar jokes here yeah. or whatever. I like that we were like, maybe that might come up. I realized that was Daniel Day-Lewis was nominated in 2017. Mm-hmm. The last time I wrote for the last yeah. time he was did a movie was this fucking goofy movie that is like somehow another one I couldn't possibly be bothered to see. Sure. Something about him being a, a troubled first. tailor yeah. or something, I yes. believe. Anyway, I know nothing about this movie. Okay. But I wrote jokes about it for the Oscars. Do you remember any? You I like? cannot remember any That's of okay. them. Um, there, uh, usually <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis jokes yeah, yeah. were about just how uh, manically committed he is to being yeah. an actor, how absurd that is, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It um, is a lot. Yeah. It's really funny. Do you when ask you him think, like when he was on the red carpet, are you wearing yourself? <laughs> <laughs> are you wearing I our bet, patient's I bet, thin? <laughs> I bet he did sew his own tuxedo for those. For Oscars. that one, probably. For, probably. It's a real so, don't break character till you're yeah, done yeah. with recording the director's commentary. <laughs> yeah. 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 For one of the Oscars, I wrote something about like if Daniel wins, he's going to uh, walk five miles through the snow to come up here. to Something like that. You know, like, so um, I think that it is a. Uh, with like his acting style, it 
if you don't have those results, yeah, it's insane. It's in. He, he has those results and it yeah. still feels like a lot. Yeah. It's similar with like what people talk about, like Jeremy Strong and stuff with Succession. Yeah. yeah. Where like if your results aren't this singular thing, yeah, that's and nobody wild. would put up yeah. with your behavior. Like, like, like <laughs> yeah. Jared Leto should just fucking knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be such like a temperamental buffoon. Oh, this if movie you're came not out on greatest. Christmas. All right, Phantom okay. Thread. Jono, your first movie here. Oh, oh, uh, you don't tell me. Okay, all right. I'll we tell you after, and that way you can round. pick your second one accordingly. Got it. Okay. This this is a movie I remember hating as a child, so I'm trying to go low here. Bird on a Wire. I would almost not qualify that as a. Is it more of an action? Drama. It's like an action comedy, right? Is it? No. Um, well, we'll, I remember we'll, hating let, it. we'll let the internet Does, here decide what genre it, it is. It will put it in a. Um, well, that's the plot. Now I got to do all this work. Uh, does of cooking Tomatoes one. Not- it's an action comedy film. Damn Sorry. it. All right. Got it. Start over. Um, I will let you know it was 25. Oh, well, hmm. that would have been good if I could use it, but I can't. Um, yeah, you can't. Nope. Oh, you know what? Uh, let's do. Tomatoes does the audience score. Mix- I was thinking like critics. This is only critics love- score. Oh, only the critics. Yeah. Score. Yeah. You're doing critics. Oh, okay. So then I'm score. good with what um, I can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise you might be like, yeah. Yeah. Passion of the Christ. Hmm. Uh, that's actually this says this is a musical also, comedy. Action comedy. <laughs> <laughs> um they really I like that you know how Wikipedia like can't use whatever copyright images, blah blah blah. Yeah. They, so then it, Wikipedia should just be like, in what picture do you look like shit? Because <laughs> when it shows you the cast of the movies here, I'm like, this literally yeah, yeah. is like this person will be upset if this is what popped up when you Googled them. Okay. Uh, anyways, here we go. Pa- Phantom Thread is a 91%. Wow. So you're going to look for a 9 Ooh. or gonna less. Be, that's going to be tough. That is going to be hard. Uh, any movie that low is almost not a drama. I figured and, uh, that it was that it was beloved, yeah. but that is more beloved than I expected. Jono, you are uh, with Passion of the Christ, a 49%. Ooh, good. Right a in the middle. 49%. Uh, I will tell you this, Phantom Thread audience is only a 71 so you had good 71 is shocking to me that's like a 20 who the fuck would go see that <laughs> i what will say fucking person i had the screener of movie? it and i i stopped it halfway through i couldn't get through it oh man my favorite part about the screener is seeing my friends names pop up on screen a few times <laughs> really? when, just because it's their copy of the screener oh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey my oh, friend right. was in this movie here <laughs> when it said danny jollis across the top of my copy of babylon um <laughs> All right, so, John, you're looking for a 51, so you'll go first. You have the most oof, to make up oof. here. Uh, and Jesse, you're brainstorming a nine. This is going to be tough. Uh, what was a average drama? Passion of the Christ. <laughs> um, is there a sequel to Passion of the Christ? He's working on it. I wish I, I was th- joking. I, I think he is. I yeah. just... I just um, uh, I don't remember how good this one is, but it's... it's a, I'm going to go with... Um, Dying Young. Okay. Interesting poll of all of the movies that have ever existed. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a risk, but I... All right, 91%. Drama. Looking for a nine or less here. This is hard. Um, the first one that comes to mind is Babylon. Like, that kind of famously fell on its face, but... I have to imagine more than 9% of people liked it. Critics. Especially, I haven't looked it up or anything, but I'm just like, critics really love movies about making movies. Uh, Yeah, touche. Yes, you're right. That's very up their own ass. So uh, you're right. I should not go with that. Uh, Fuck. Um, 
what's the best way to do this? I'm trying. Like, do I do actor? Famous. I'm looking at uh, this is totally Elon. unrelated, but I'm just looking at the the based on section of Passion of the Christ is real fun area on Wikipedia here. <laughs> okay. Oh um, no, that's probably it was a drunken weekend. Mel Gibson had <laughs> just based on a voicemail. <laughs> I was gonna say that William Def- Willem Dafoe movie where he played. Oh, Lighthouse. okay, right. No, no, where he played Jesus. The, oh, that one. But the last that temptation. Probably, I bet critics like that too. But I bet critics did not like the Willem Dafoe movie where he hunts the last remaining Tasmanian tiger. I cannot remember what the fuck that's called. Can you just Google oh, uh, yeah. Willem Dafoe? The Hunter. The Hunter. Okay. See, generic title. Even. Yeah, that's hard to yeah. remember. All right, here okay. we go. That is my pick. The Hunter with Willem Dafoe. Phantom Thread is an... Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Passion of the Christ at 49%. Dying Young is a 25%. So you're at 74, 74. Okay. Phantom Thread. I'm pretty sure I went over. 91. Yeah. The Hunter, 72. Fuck. Fuck. People enjoyed that. There are all these different times. I've learned a lot about Rotten Tomatoes trends from this game. Okay, sure. It's interesting. There's like a shift that happened around like 2008 where people started... uh, First, there's way more reviews. Oh yeah, oh, okay, like right. if you look up like Pulp oh. Fiction, there's like sixty. Yeah, so the trick would be. But if you look up like the Hunter, 50s. there's seven thousand. Wow, because right. uh, uh, they don't let critics retroact. Like you, if you're a new, anyways, you also around twenty two thousand eight two thousand ten, critics started giving things ratings based on what they thought the movie was trying to do, versus right. like through all of history, people were like, "Is this Citizen Kane?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then eventually they're like, "What did I have a good time?" Um, so Hunter, pretty good there. Uh, yeah. All right, we're going to do a more specific one now. Our second and final uh, build the perfect movie is going to be, you're going to try and build the perfect movie that contains someone who at one point was on Saturday Night Live. Ooh. With, at wait. any point, doesn't have to be the star. And this is just one movie. Two, it's still going to be the same, no, same, same premise, game, but, but the category is limited uh, the much pool. more limited right. than drama. Is, okay. um, I enjoy this, by the way. This is a clever game yeah. to come up with. And I will so. say, fant- we do a version of this game <laughs> called Discrepancy, which is you have to pick a movie with the biggest gap between audience and critics. Phantom Thread's up there. Oh, mm. wow. 20's okay. pretty mm. big uh, disagreement. Yeah. All right. Huh. Um, so here we go. John, you, you won that last one, so you'll go first here. You're trying try, to try to go for There's a lot of bombs of like SNL movies, so <laughs> I'm going to go with like a good The People versus Larry Flint, which has Norm MacDonald. Oh, wow. That's sneaky what you did. All right. Yeah, there are a lot of bombs. The ni- not a lot of n- that start with a nine. <laughs> not a lot of 90s with SNL cast members. Yeah. Um, unless you like really mine an Adam McKay success. Yeah. All right. Jesse, your first one. Like James Cromwell can't be happy. This is the picture I see what? when I look up the people versus Larry Flint. <laughs> <laughs> He's just glued to a Starbucks table. Oh, there God. is some movie where Dennis Miller plays like a DJ and I cannot fucking remember. Joe Dirt? Yeah, he's a, DJ, Joe, he's a radio DJ in Joe Dirt. It's in Joe Dirt? Yeah. Okay, there's right. actually also another SNL cast member in that. Yeah. <laughs> Other than, right. That's so funny, though, if you're like Joe <laughs> oh. Dirt starring SNL alum. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Does this count that I don't can't think of the names of these yeah, movies? Fine. The Dana Carvey one where he does the, all the multiple characters. Oh, like the, he plays like a the, turtle. Like a turtle. Or, uh, Master of Disguise. Master that, of Disguise. That, that, one's, one. that one. Wow. Good. All right, here we go. The yeah, People so versus Larry Flint is an 88%. Okay. Master of Disguise is a 1. What? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. A 1%. We should just combine forces and win. They won't even let <laughs> uh, Over 100 reviews, and it's a 1. Audience 36, pretty big discrepancy there. 
Um, George Bush is funnier than this movie. <laughs> That's someone's review. Which George Bush, though? George W. Bush, it okay. does say. All right, all right. All right, so you have ni- you're looking for a 99 or less. Okay. And you'll go first here, Jesse. Have I, th- more to, I think more I have a decent up. one. All right. Okay, is it Dreamgirls that was the Eddie Murphy? Yeah. That, yes. that one? Yeah, Showgirls okay. is not the same as Dreamgirls. Yes. I, I do, con- but Dreamgirls with, with... No, I worked in a movie theater when I was like 16, and that's when Showgirls came out, and there was such a... A militant policy that that none of the seven, 16 year old ushers were allowed into the theater. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah and we yeah, had yeah, to try yeah. to sneak around sneak the in rules. To see yeah. They actually posted like like a uh, like a scab, like some shithead, like uh, uh, with the old usher. They posted him at the door to stop the other ushers. That's so and we funny. were yeah, exactly. We were all pissed at him. Oh wow. Um, so anyway, um, so you're thinking Dream Girls. This Dream is like with Jennifer Hudson and Beyonce. Yeah, AJ, that's the one that I'm I'm picking as the good as the one to counterweight counterbalance. Great master of disguise. I love Dreamgirls. I'm gonna look it up. I, I was like, I lo- great acting. Yeah. Anyway, all right, here we go. Uh, we got 88, looking for a 12 or less. <sighs> a bad one. I was thinking Ladies Man, but I'm gonna actually go with Night at the Roxbury. Okay. Which there's no way critics liked. All right. Um, I I'm gonna, I haven't looked it up. I'm gonna. I bet Night at the Roxbury has a massive discrepancy. Oh yeah, because that like, feels like oh, a movie yeah. that could like have, like, have a fifty percent difference <laughs> yeah, between yeah, what yeah. the critic. Yeah. All right, here we go. The Master of Disguise is a one. Uh-huh. Let me do the math here. Dream Girls is a seventy-nine, so that okay. puts you right at eighty. 80. Good, right, right at eighty. Almost. Okay. That's respectable. Some of the easier math. That's... What did you win on the last one? What was your number on the last one? Eighty-four. Oh, okay. So that's not seventy-four. Seventy. 70. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. All right. right. Yeah, it's like a forty-nine and a twenty-five. Yeah. Okay. People versus Larry Flint is an eighty-eight. Night at the Roxbury, 11. That's a 99%. What the fuck? Am I the best who's ever played? Wow. That's pretty amazing. I think one time we've had a perfect 100 from Rob Hayes. And other than that, this is about as good as it gets. That's Um, incredible. Let's guess. I was sure. Give me a number for the discrepancy on on Night at the Roxbury. What you think that... It's an 11% critic score. Yeah. Like the middle range. I would say it's okay. probably... Audience like, is 11. How much higher? I'm well, going to no, tell you. you mean critics are 11. Critics are 11. How much higher do you think audiences? I bet audiences are like at 45. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say north of 50. 69. Oh, my God. Which maybe was just a prank they played on the actual rating. That's really but it, uh, That is yeah. a massive discrepancy. And yeah. I think the audience is closer. Yeah. Because yeah, I, would, I would put it around 50. Like, like if I was rating it, I was like, yeah, it's fine. Just to satisfy my own curiosity, there is mm-hmm. a second Dana Carvey movie where he plays a private detective. And it's a drama, and right? He's, no, he is. Uh, he has amnesia. Clean Slate. That's right. Clean Slate. What that's, is that that's one? That's a I great title for a movie low. about a detective with amnesia, honestly. Yeah. Um, well, this movie isn't famous enough to have Rotten Tomatoes pop right up when you look it up. Oh, okay. So let me see. Clean Slate, Rotten Tomatoes. I bet it's also low. 19. Okay. Wow. Pretty low. James Earl Jones is I could, in it. I so could have had a fucking eight ninety eight uh, if I'd gone with that one. James Earl Jones puts you at at least fifteen just for being yeah there. in the movie. Yeah, and uh, then after that, it's up to you. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, there we go. Um, that's it for us today, Jesse. Thank you for being here. Oh man, thanks uh, for uh, having never fun. seen Avatar. Yeah, sure, of course. Um, <laughs> no, it's my pleasure. I'll continue to not see it for the rest uh, of my life. <laughs> tell everyone about the book. Tell everyone where to find you. Anything I, you'd I like. won't see the next one when it comes out 35 years from now. Either. Come back on the podcast and start with uh, exterior, as yeah. I was saying. 
so yeah, so I wrote a book called uh, uh, Killing the Guys Who Killed the Guy Who Killed Lincoln, a nutty story about Edwin Booth and Boston Corbett. And it's a uh, hilarious uh, 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 comedy set in the during the Lincoln assassination. It's a true story about uh, the Mad Hatter who castrated himself with a pair of scissors and then hunted down John Wilkes Booth and put a bullet in his head and killed him. Uh, that's uh, how John Wilkes Booth died. It's a true story. Insane. And uh, Edwin Booth, who was John's way more famous brother, who was uh, uh, nobody remembers anymore because his brother killed the president. He was a real Alec to Stephen situation yeah. going on. Alec to Daniel, I'd even say. Yeah. Like more yeah. like, he, uh, yeah, John was a nobody. Like John was a shitty. Uh, it just goes to show you you're only one thing away from fame. But, <laughs> but even more so, their dad was very famous. Their dad was a super famous actor. Uh, Junius Brutus Booth. And then Edwin took the mantle from him and mm-hmm. became even more famous. And then meanwhile, there's just John who just sucks and he's just an angry and he's yeah. jealous and whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and, and fascinatingly, it's kind of Edwin's fault in a way because John, uh, uh, Edwin was like, I don't want you fucking up the family name. Right. Cause the dad was famous and now he's famous. So yeah. it's like, we can't have this shitty booth junk it up the stage. Right. Cancel culture was, killed Lincoln is what you're saying. <laughs> right before well, it was right before the civil war started and he banished John to the South. He's like, I'm going to take all the cool cities. I'm going to perform in New York and Boston and L.A. and Chicago, or in Chicago. L.A. didn't exist. Uh, New York and Boston and Chicago and Philadelphia. And mm-hmm. you can go and do like the, you know, like Meet those people sanctuaries. and see what they think about stuff. Exactly. And so he just spent all his <laughs> evenings like, you know, going to bars and just like talking to people who like hated the North. It's like if Emilio and, Estevez made Charlie Sheen only do 4chan videos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Going all the yeah. print- Edgelord podcast. That yeah. sounds that is so wild. It's kind of Edwin's fault in a way. A Nepotism bit, has so. been affecting this country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll check it out. We'll have a but link. It's a real hoot. Stuff about it. Yeah. It's a Scribd original. Scribd is a service like Netflix for books, right? Where you can just, you get a subscription, you can read millions of books that they have at their disposal. But with this link that you're going to yeah. give them, you get two free months. So you could just read it for free. Can you read a book in two months? Oh, dude, it's a it's a shortish book. There's I, also an audio book, so you can listen to me read it. I suggest the, I listen to the audio book. Jesse oh, reads thanks, it. John. It's very good. Thank you. Um, thank you. Yes. And John, you didn't win the game by enough points to <laughs> plug anything, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. I mean, he won. No, yeah. I'm plugging Jesse's book, thing, too. Which was nice. Um, so. Yeah, we'll have a link there so you can get two free months. And go check it out. Thank you. And, um, I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for being here. Jono, thank you for being here as well. Yeah, you anything you want to let people know about? Um, yeah, so uh, my fantasy team's doing really well. Uh, check it out. Um, join, join my Formula fantasy One? League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, at Jono Zalay on all social media and stuff. I got stuff going on. Check out my stand-up at some point. He's very funny. Awesome. Jono. Uh, thank you guys so much. We'll have a link, like I said, in the description of podcast for Scribd. Also on the Discord, if you want to check out the Discord. Big old message board for fans of the show, go to fart.kylairs.com. It'll give you a link there. <laughs> I wasn't buying a whole other URL. Um, but thank you guys so much. Yeah. That's it for me. Uh, for Jesse and Jono, thank you so much to them for being on. Thank you for listening. We're on YouTube. You can go find us there. If you check out this episode, I'm ex- getting the studio finished set up. The lighting's a little off, but we'll get there. And uh, thank you so much for watching. Go get on Scribd. You can get a 60-day free trial at uh, try.scribed.com slash Joyce. We'll have a link in the description of the episode. You guys are all very wonderful. I hope you have a great day. Mm-hmm.